everyone, welcome back to another edition of the SBK Betting Podcast, coming to you during an absolute mammoth storm, what it feels like anyway. Ross is uh, buried down the hatches and he's surviving, and uh, TC and I also on survival mode now that TC's back in the land of living here in the UK. But it does feel like there's a bit of a change of, change of scenes on the horizon, um, and uh, we're looking ahead to what is more like jumps racing uh, ground anyway uh, for this uh, latter stage in September but more of that as we get into the Mill Reef and the Air Gold Cup but first we'll we'll have a, a sort of a recap of last weekend because TC is still on fire um, his next best, best in the shape of Sandrine who can turn up when she wants to but she really did um, at 11 to, 11 to 2 in the park stakes to continue on um, Tom's very good run of form um, we also had uh, obviously the St Ledger the last of the class we were all really keen on on Desert Hero, and I think that he ran a really solid, creditable race to finish third. He went off at six to one. Um, the rest was the right decision by Frankie Vittori in the end to come second and continuous. Well, defied the fact that he's by a Japanese sire and it was on soft ground and just continued on what's been a an embarrassment of riches, really, for the Aiden O'Brien Ballydoyle team, especially with their three-year-olds. We don't really need to worry about their their three-year-olds and the sort of classic um, aspirations this weekend. It's more about sprinters um, from a two-year-old perspective and from a sort of older handicap perspective as well. But before we get into that, I suppose we should touch on some of the news that we've heard this week and thinking about the jump season. And it's uh, all been all about... Constitution Hill and what's been the longest running conversation over the last three months since the end of the jump season. Will he, won't he? Will he go over fences? Will he stay hurdling? It reminds me a little bit, and Ross, I suppose you're our resident jumps uh, anorak. It reminds me a little bit of when, was Sam Crow going to say hurdling or not? And it was, oh, he is, he's staying hurdling. And it was a bit of a flop afterwards and nothing really came of it. I suppose the only difference is that Constitution Hill is already a champion hurdle winner. And what they want to do is win back to back to back to back champion hurdles. And they can't, they don't seem to believe that he'll be able to do that over the Gold Cup. Is it all a bit of a much ado about nothing? Or is this something that you're, you've got a big opinion on? No, I haven't got a big opinion. I don't think it's a much ado about nothing. I think, I think it's really uh, positive and heartening that people care and have an opinion and, and feel disappointed as as I do. And I was disappointed. I wanted to see him over fences, not because I wanted to see him over fences, but because I wanted to see a horse do the champion hurdle and, and gold cup double, because I've not seen that in my lifetime. And it's something I'd like to see. And it's something I thought he could do. But it's disappointing in the same way that when I go to the patisserie and they haven't got Pano Raz and I have to have Pano Chocolate, you know, I get over myself pretty quickly. Um, you have to just respect the fact they know the horse. Um, that Nico isn't a sort of jockey that comes in and rides him. He is part of the fabric of Seven Barrows. And if they've sat down, had a conversation or more, you would imagine, and they don't think they can win the Gold Cup, then yeah, go and, go and win the next seven champion hurdles. That'd be great. We'd love to see that. Um, but I don't think that people get in. I mean, there's a few that get angry about it, but they're the usual mob that you know get angry about everything. Personally, I thought that there was discussion about it and and people sort of, being disappointed or pleased or whatever is is a is a good sign and it, and for me it shows why the winter game will always slightly be ahead of the the flat game because the horses stick around longer and you feel like you know them and and in some people's cases they feel like they own them and have a say in what goes on but they don't Mr Buckley does Mr Henderson does and Mr De Boinville does. 
Yeah, quite. I just think that the one sort of area that's got, caused a little bit of a, a ruffle of feathers is that there's no point running over fences if you're not going to win the Gold Cup argument. Now, I suppose they'll probably try and re-sort re of iron out those creases because, you know, they've... The, the Henderson team, the Barry Geraghty uh, uh, angle as well, you know, they've, they've, they've been winning champion chases for as long as anyone with the likes of Sprinter Sacra. And uh, it, it sort of, that doesn't really add up and it doesn't really sort of, sort of settle with people that well. Do you sort of see where they're coming from in that respect? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a strange one because you would associate Nicky Henderson more with the champion chase than you would the Gold Cup. Um, but that's clearly what, if they were going to go over fences and, and risk him over fences, and, and let's make no mistake about it, everything's done to minimise risk, but there is more risk jumping a big fence and more of them there is jumping further and less of them over two miles. I think Michael Buckley felt if he was going to risk him over fences, he wanted to do it for the Gold Cup, which he clearly sees as, as the pinnacle. Um, and then just one thing I forgot to touch on is it, it doesn't mean it's going to be a, a parade of you know, uh, Constitution Hill and two-mile hurdle races, we have had it confirmed that Imperio Pass stays over hurdles. So that's a new rival that's going to serve it up to him. I still think he's going to have to go some to Cats Constitution Hill, but it's not like it's just going to be a repeat of, of last season. So um, I see where they're coming from. I can see why people get upset and say, well, what about the champion chase and the rest of it? But that's clearly not what they want to do and just mm -hmm. have to accept it. Yeah, I've actually really enjoyed seeing the, uh, the plans coming to fruition from some of the other horses that, since. And is Marine National, he might stay over hurdles as well, potentially. Um, horses like that, um, you know, we've all got to look forward to look forward to hearing about. But I suppose we should probably save it for a, our National Hunt preview when, we, when we're going to get to it. But uh, And we have all of that to look forward to. But we've got to um, focus on the rest of the, the flat season. We've still got a lot of good racing. And when we get to um, the jump season, we'll, 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 hold, we'll, we'll grab it by the horns and we'll really, we'll really get our teeth into it. But I suppose that has been the biggest news of, of the week uh, and amongst others. But uh, we'll go um, seamlessly from uh, champion hurdle prospects to uh, two-year-olds running over six furlongs this weekend. Uh, we're going to look at the Mill Reef Stakes and we're going to also look at the Air Gold Cup now. I was just saying just before we recorded with with Tom that this is a is a weekend which is overloaded with fixtures and sometimes these race meetings can get a little bit lost. And I think the Air Gold Cup is is one of them for such a quality uh, race and such a big field and some really high class um, handicappers at this at this sprinting trip. It's a bit of a shame that it it does get lost within a, a mammoth amount of race meetings this weekend, but. We, uh, we plough on, um, and we plough on literally because it will be heavy ground at Newbury, and that's what we're going to look at first in the Mill Reef Stakes, six furlongs for the two-year-olds. Now, it's been cut up massively, and it's no surprise, really. I've been in London last night, and it was probably, I'd say, nearing on about 50 mil of rain. It was torrential for solidly for hours on end. So I think Newbury will be hoping that the ground will um, be affected by a bit of dry spell that we seem to have at the moment but that will be a big has been a big aspect in the fact that we've got only a field of eight which isn't too bad from a betting sort of each way perspective and I think it's made it quite open because there is no elite status and there's no Lake Forest as well the two sort of genuine group uh, uh, winners we do have Hartem 
who won the vintage stakes, but was sort of, that was over a trip further than this uh, six furlongs, but it's definitely going to take a bit of getting on this rain softened ground. Um, Mr. Sketch for Charlie Bishop, Eve Johnson Horton, now on the colours of Wathnan Racing, a son of territories. We know that they like um, a bit of give on the ground. He's coming here, here off the back of what was a, a monstrous performance, albeit in a novice race. And then it's a sort of a, a case of some two-year-olds that have been running pretty solidly at, at this slightly lower level um maybe this is a bit of a step up the likes of seven questions and array and matters most um they'll probably do need to take a step up but i suppose they all do um tc it's a kind of hard time whether he can kind of put that last race behind him and show that he is a, a genuine 104 rated horse so it's it's something else it's taken a bit of a, a reshaping since the declarations have come out yeah, it really has. It's disappointing that not only is elite status not in here, despite the fact that he's got soft ground form, but as you say, Lake Forest, Evan Shaddad are both not in the, in the field either. So I was looking at this race prior to the final decks being made, as we were recording this at 11.30 on Thursday morning, and it would leave a very small window to study the race otherwise. Uh, and I was quite liking the 6-1 to one available on Mr. Sketch, but right now it looks like he's going to go off a rather short price favourite in this race, which is disappointing. Look, I'm not going to change my mind, despite the fact that trends tell you this mill reef race usually goes to horses who have been campaigned as solely two-year-olds. Horses aren't necessarily going to progress at three or at four. I mean, if you look back at the last 10 uh, winners of this race, eight of them were two-year-olds who then regressed going forward in their career after a winter off. Uh, the only two exceptions were Ribchester and Harry Angel, who won in 2015 and 2016, respectively. I don't think there's a horse of their nature in this race. So that leaves you the question of, should you be selecting a hard term? Should you be selecting a seven questions? These horses that have been running week in, week out. Or do you go for uh, the potential improver in Mr. Sketch? Now I'm going to stick with him just purely because Eve Johnson Horton's horses have been running exceptionally well this year. She seems to have a couple of really nice two-year-olds as well, Indian Cool being another. Um, and Mr. Sketch last time at Salisbury was super impressive. Not only did he kick clear and win by a massive margin, but he showed a high cruising speed in the race too. As you said, he's by uh, soft ground sire territories, so the conditions shouldn't be a problem, despite the fact he's not overly proven on them just yet. And he's by a dam uh, called Drawing, who is by Dark Angel. Dark Angel won the Mill Reef back in 2007, so there's a nice little link there as well. Um, I'll stick with Mr. Sketch, but look, after these defections, I'm not going to be having a confident or big bet on him. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from totally. Um, I think breeding-wise, it's all ticks, and I think Eve Johnson would be happy for it. And I'm trying to work out to find stats of some of her runners that do run on this sort of heavy going conditions or softer growing conditions and they normally do fare quite well she's got a good record at Newbury as does obviously Richard Hannon as well but I just you know you've got to say visually very impressive but oh, how what did he beat I mean I know he was on just under 10 lengths a, a clear of some of the others but the third was well beaten only rated 60 I just uncertain that you know it might just be too good to be true Ross you know your two-year-old form you've been watching the juveniles throughout the course this year do you feel like it's a, a case of what's the best two-year-old form on offer or is you know about potential and and potential improvers as well it's it's exactly that Jess it's, it's the best form on offer versus a potential improver um they're all pretty exposed apart from with four runs or more apart from Mr Sketch and the John Ryan horse Roman Emperor um, Mr. Sketch was impressive last time, and I think no matter how weak the form, the manner in which he did it and the distance he won has to be 
has to be sort of taken, you know, with with a sort of positive view on it. And you've also got, I mean, we work out the form and try and ascertain the form. You've got smart bloodstock agents putting a lot of money where their mouth is, saying the form is worth something and, and going and buying him. So I think that's a positive. As you said, the third was well beaten next time. The fourth was second on their next start behind a decent enough horse from Qatar Racing. Um, but it, the form doesn't amount to all that much, but it's just the visual. You contrast that with Hartem, who's 104 rated. Um, his best form came at Goodwood on the, on the softest ground he's raced on. It was good to soft there, but I think we all agree it's probably riding a little bit softer than that. Um, if, if going back on this soft ground, he can re reproduce that, then, then he's, he's got a great chance. But I, I put him up in the juvenile watch piece at the start of the week when he was 10 to 1 on the sort of theory that it'll cut up to a small run of field. You'll get three places about a race that might only be two places on the day. That hasn't quite happened, but his price has collapsed. But I think he's interesting. But I just think I'd probably go more with the potential promise of, of Mr. Sketch. But just when I'm looking at it, I, uh, 50 to 1, Roman Emperor is completely unexposed. There's not an awful lot in the form that says you go on soft. But that third place in, in, in his maiden wasn't all that bad. Soldier's Gold, who was second, won their next two starts. Hot Fuss who's 95 rated, was behind him, has been quite highly tried since and is quite well thought of. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if, if he was in the shake-up. I think it's a really difficult race to get a grip on. Hartem and Mr. Skitz were the two that interest me, but I would probably go with Mr. Sketch on the same sort of uh, theory as TC and that if there is a really good horse in this race, it's him because from the others, I don't think there is. Oh, Ross, we've missed your wild and out there selections and you've just gone and thrown us one. The, the outsider of the party hasn't been seen for 108 days to one run and his first back after being gelded. But look, never know. I think it is one of those kind of races, isn't it? And I think you're both spot on when it comes to Mr. Sketch and the potential. And he could just be, he, he could just sort of throw, you know, a, a, a real kind of um, potential angle in there. But... I don't know. I'm not too certain about all of this at all. I think there's a lot of form links in between them all. They're all kind of a much of a muchness outside of him. So I've only got one from each way selection. And I think matters most at around 16 to one should be that. Um, I think that Rafe Beckett's always liked him. He's always, he said that when he was, was second um, to his own stable companion task force in the Ripon two-year-old trophy. And uh, he had, move forward come forward a good amount from that nursery win at Windsor um but his form is ties in quite nicely the third the third horse behind him that day seven questions who runs in this race was then second in the Serenia stakes so I think seven questions has improved but matters most is likely to improve as well and I don't think he should be a bigger price than the horses that were in the Serenia stakes who ran very well indeed but I just think that maybe they've seven questions has might have just gone to the well that little bit too much uh whereas matters most has probably just been um, saved for this a little bit um and i just think that rafe beckett's team his team of horses have been running extraordinarily well and he's just only picked this one horse here for this and i think they've always kind of had this laid out so i don't mind him at a at an each way price in a race where i'm probably a bit of a more of a watching brief and we'll see how um how it fares for mr sketch so um 
bit of Harten, bit of Mazmosa, sort of an each way price for us, but Mr. Sketch for TC and Ross um, with um, a pretty solid case for both of them. Um, right, we'll head to the Air Gold Cup, which we uh, I touched on. Obviously, is at 335 and there's sort of bats about races. Don't miss this because I really believe as Air Gold Cups goes, this is one of the better ones we've seen. I think the quality of these sort of sprinting handicappers is so high at this stage. You know, you've got horses, plenty of horses rated over 100. And if not, they're sort of in around that sort of 90 plus mark. You've, you've got to go through it. The, the lowest rated horse in this race is 91. It's always sort of oversubscribed. Um, and as it should be, it's got good prize money on offer. Um, it's got a fabulous horse in the shape of Summergan looking to go back to back wins in it. And seemingly, you'd have to say, nearly as in good as form as he, as he was last year coming into the race. Um, but as, as I said, you've got horses that have been running really credibly all season. And it's just a great handicapping uh, puzzle to solve. Um, oh, where to come first? I think maybe TC will come to you first because you're a stat man. I wonder if you've got any, any stats or any areas that we could that you look for when you come to the Air Gold Cup because it's always such a strong race and it's normally very difficult to pick apart. Yeah, my three main angles this year, um, which I actually just looked at before we came on for this podcast, so I'm glad you've asked me. Uh, I like Kevin Ryan horses in this race. He's won the race two times in the last 10 years, but generally targets his runners here and he looks to have a couple of very good chances and we'll get into those shortly. I like to be drawn middle to high in the Air Gold Cup. That's not to say you can't win low, uh, but generally horses towards the stand side or towards the middle of the track have um, a, a benefit. Uh, and also, no nine-year-old has won this race since at least 1980. Summergand looks to defy that trend this year. Okay, so with that in mind, uh, now I, I have to admit, I know what your selections are, <laughs> so I don't know what to do here. Um, potentially, Go to Ross. Go to Ross. Go to Ross. Potentially... Potentially, I was thinking of sticking with TC, but I'll go to Ross first because I know that you've got a couple of options. So we'll see which one you go for, go to first. Well, I'm delighted TC gave Kevin Ryan the, the nod there because we didn't compare notes. Um, but uh, I do like his two runners. I think you've got to work on the basis the rain is going to come. It's good to soft currently at air, but both forecasts I looked at said there's rain tomorrow, uh, today and tomorrow. Um, I think that's going to get into the ground. It's certainly going to ride soft, probably not as desperate as um, as Newbury. Um, and I like Elise Dancer and Bielsa. I thought Elise Dancer in the in the Stewards Cup shaped really well, raced on the on the far side, which just happened to be the wrong the wrong side of the track. All the action developed up the middle and the and the near side. But he was first in his first in his group. Um, he, he's going to love the ground. He's got really good form on on soft ground. Um, and then the same applies to to Bielsa. Um, solid again at Goodwood last time. He seems to get outpaced at Goodwood going down into that dip and then then runs on well home. Um, I, I think uh, he's got good form at the course. Obviously, he won this in 2021. He's been second from only four starts. Um, Kevin Ryan's yard form was a little bit of a concern when you look at it. It's only 6% winners, but he's had plenty of horses in and around uh, the, the frame. Um, and those two winners that equate to the 6% from 33, I think it was, have come in the last week, 10 days. So um, I'm not overly concerned about that. I think it's a ground thing for me. They're both gonna like the ground. I think there's plenty in here that if it gets soft, won't. Um, and I thought they were decent prices in, like you said, an absolute minefield of a race. You could be there for days and sort of come up with a different, different theory each time. So I went with ground, two horses that I know, that I know will give their running 
uh, and they'll do fine. Yeah, I have to say, Bedosa was like one of the last off my list. As um, he's been interesting this year, I you know he he came into this race this time last year. I think it was a off the same mark, was it? And he looked like he'd been laid out. He looks like he's been laid out again. I don't think he had any excuses in it last year, really. I was trying to sort of wrap my brain as to why it just didn't work out. He jumped, seemed to jump pretty solidly and then just sort of faded out. Whereas you look at the way that he ran at York earlier on in the year when he won, jumped very solidly, but was able to maintain that. My thinking maybe was that just the headgears being taken off and that might have just helped him as well. Um, he's just got his bit of his own mind, Bielsa, but clearly Kevin Ryan, as you were saying, TC, as Ross has been saying, he knows how to get a horse spot on for this race. So potentially he's just been sort of tying him up absolutely to get him spot on. And he's at least had a bit of a break compared to some of the others since that Goodwood run um, in the Stewards Cup, which was on bottomless ground, which must have taken a fair chunk out of a lot of these horses. So Bielsa's just a bit of a head scratch for me. What do you think, TC? Yeah, I think Bielsa's got a great chance. Obviously, he's won this before, 49-day rest, much like a lace dancer uh, coming into the race. He loves air as well. So Bielsa was definitely on my shortlist, as I say. I, I love Kevin Ryan's horses in, in this event. The only negative for Bielsa, and the reason why I didn't end up selecting him, is that he's running off a mark of 99. His career strike rate off marks of 99 or higher read zero from 16. Now, that's obviously not a massive positive uh, in the favour of the horse. He's not ideally uh, treated, so I had to look elsewhere. At least answer is the obvious one for me. I'll come back to him in one second. The other two horses that were last off my shortlist were Juan Lapan, but he's 14 pounds higher than when he ran in this race last year. Uh, he ran very well, but obviously gone up a stone, so we need to improve a great deal. And Rohan, just because, just because I'm so loyal to the horse, he's going to produce his A game at some point. Uh, I will have a couple of quid on him just in case, but uh, he's not my selection. At least answer is mainly for what Ross said. Um, he's handicapped nicely. He goes well in these big field uh, contests as well. His form figures on ground that is described as good to soft or worse, so soft or heavy, reads 11153115. Super consistent, very prolific on these kind of conditions. 49-day rest, much like Bielsa, being freshened up, ran very well in the Stewards Cup. Lots of ticks for Elise Dancer. Yeah, I've, I think he's a seriously likeable horse and, again, has sort of the form ties in so well there with plenty of others um nice rating as well nice mark of all the Kevin Moran horses he must be the one that's on the best mark there and by fast company will love the ground um and oh at least dancer and that's the thing that's the problem is it how soft is it going to be it says it's good to soft at the moment I'm not nowhere near air I have no idea how it is at the moment we're watching the racing um over the next couple of days to see how much sunshine they've got that could dry it out could do and that's why if it does and TC's mentioned him I would be keen on one Lapan. yes he's up a considerable amount in the in the handicap in terms of rating he was third in this last year he's had a brilliant season I think his third in the Wokingham is nearly the best form on offer here um he's back into handicap company from running solid races in enlisted events including just behind one of the sprinters of the season in Comanche Falls who's now rated 113 so, yeah, as I said, I like the ground to dry out to at least good for him. Um, but you could say that for a few of these horses. And I think that's hence why Ross and TC are keen on the horse they are. There are a lot of these horses that got stuck in the mud uh, in the Stewards Cup. The ones that didn't, you would say, are the ones that you could um, be keen on if the ground is on the soft side. So I think if you like um, 
Elise Dancer, if you like Bielsa, you could also like Mr. Wagyu. The only um, reason why Mr. Wagyu is probably a bigger price than some of the others is that they run him every single week. Um, he was last seen running third at the Curran Irish Champions Festival. Um, I thought he ran a brilliant race um, indeed. He's really reliable, really solid. He always throws in a good one. He's just probably been slightly harder to win with, so it's difficult to know whether this will be his day. But again, each way selection for me for Mr. Wagyu in a race where you can literally, and you'd imagine you're going to throw a blanket over this uh, field when it comes to the furlong pole and that something is going to just pull out a little bit extra. But they've all, they're all rated to to run accordingly. Um, it's a very closely, closely match field and really looking forward to it. So a reminder of the Air Gold Cup, we've got Elise Dancer for TC and for Ross, Bielsa as well for Ross and uh, myself. I like Juan Lapan and Mr. Wagyu in the Air Gold Cup. So that's um, the big sort of betting race of the weekend to add on what's a, a smaller field for the Mill Reef. Um, but we have got so much racing, um, eight race meetings and racing TV, as I was mentioning earlier, um, just to just to keep everyone satisfied. Um, so I'm sure there's plenty that there is to select. And TC, you're the man in form. So take it away. What are you looking forward to seeing? Yeah, so uh, napping a horse coming off a year-long layoff isn't my usual MO, but I'm going to do it this weekend as I love um, a horse called Pure Dignity who runs in the 4.35 at Newmarket. Last season, I thought she was um, very promising indeed. Obviously, she's been off for 367 days, so she does need to prove fitness. But Roger Varian can get these horses ready first time up. Now, just to talk on what she did last year, she bolted up on debut at Newmarket, beating a 1-2 Godolphin-owned favourite who'd shown previous promise uh, who's now rated 87. Pure Dignity then took a big step forward, running at Kempton and pushing the 112-rated Laurel all the way to the line. Now, she ended up not being much of a match for that horse, but she was still a clear-cut second in what was a good race. Um, the key to her is that she isn't an instant quickener. She takes a few strides, but once she gets into top gear, she really rolls in the straight. Um, and I think coming first time back off the layoff against this group in Handicap Company, off the mark of 86, She's very well treated. Her pedigree is also very interesting. She's by Diwali out of a Galileo mare called Starlet Sister. Now, her progeny include 2019 French Derby winner Sotsas, seven-time US Grade 1 winning mare My Sister Charlie, uh, and the highly talented My Sister Nat as well, um, who made a, a real big name for herself in the US called Chad Brown. So they are all proper horses. I think Pure Dignity could be as well, and hopefully she makes a winning return in the 4.35 at Newmarket. And the next best isn't as confident, but I like this horse, uh, Totnes, in the 2.40 at Newbury for trainer Andrew Balding. Now, this son of Kingman's improved a great deal this year, winning four times from eight starts, including two victories from his most two recent runs. Last time up, I thought it was exceptionally good in the racing league, albeit in a poor race. And prior to that, he won at Chelmsford impressively as well. He seems to be a horse taking a big step forward for every single start, and I'm not ready to ditch him just yet. With the ideal conditions, one mile two furlongs, he's in the ground at Newbury. He should hopefully rack up the hat-trick in the 240. Okay, not to be missed. TC's naps and next best, pure dignity. Just the two and a half million euros they spent on her as a yearling. So I'm hoping they'll be hoping that she'll she'll be back to her best to prove her talent. Um, that's in the 435 at Newmarket and Totnes in the 240 at Newbury. Thank you for that. Um, and Ross, what are you looking forward to seeing this weekend? Well, TC just mentioned a, a year-long layoff being something to overcome, but he's he's happy to go with it. It's actually my angle into my my nap, which comes in the Newbury 130. 
the, the favorite there, Sensor Duty, has got to overcome a 455-day layoff on heavy ground. It's got all form on good and good to firm, apart from a couple of runs on your weather. Um, I think he's just a favorite that has to be opposed and, and taken on. Um, and Nymphadora is a horse that's long been on my radar. I think she's a really smart performer, but she's devilishly difficult to figure out. She shapes so often over five furlong like she wants six. And then when she doesn't, when she goes over six furlong, she looks like she doesn't quite stay. Her standout piece of form this year came over five furlongs at Chester on soft testing ground. And she looked really impressive there. She beat a stable mate of hers called Kingsley, and who's a, who's a solid yardstick. Um, I just wonder if soft ground is, is the key to her. She's by no nay never, um, who does get adaptable sort of progeny with uh, soft ground. I mean, alcohol free went on soft ground, so did Blackbeard. Um, and she's out of a pivotal mare who tend to get soft ground horses. So I just think she might just get her conditions here. She stays the five furlongs very well. She's got race fitness against the favourite. Um, she's a decent price, and I think the favourite has to be taken on. So the nap is Nymphadora in the 130 at Newbury. And then ground is is the is the key into the next best as well, which in the 425 at Newbury is Hodler. Now, he's a horse that caught my eye uh, on his first two runs to two. He was mad. I think Pat Cosgrave rode him, and he pulled his arms out both times. Notably at Goodwood, when he virtually ran away for the entire race, looked like he'd fallen a hole and actually plugged on to be to be third and the maiden that worked out all right he's clearly taken a bit of training um, but he's got really good form on soft ground he's got three career wins and two of those have come on come on soft ground he shaped far better than the result at chester last time where he was ridden by a five pound claimer and got posted a little bit wide did some quite nice late work oshin murphy takes over uh, from that five pound claimer i think that's a notable jockey booking um, and on conditions he'll like, and on a track that should suit, um, I think Hodler can get the job done in the 4.25. Okay, thank you very much for that. Um, very interesting angles. Yeah, looking forward to seeing Sense of Duty, but I just, it, it is a long time off. And William Haggis, he'd be at pains to, 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 to get that horse on, on the wrong ground. But, you know, you'd have to say that she's obviously... Um, in a in a vein of form that they like to give her this run now at the back end of this season essentially, but um, yeah, I agree. Nymphadora is a the kind of force, a bit like Sandrine last week. She's definitely got the talent, but it's just putting it all together. So, and Andrew Balding's horse been in in good order, right? My selections, I uh, again back at Newbury, the Autumn Cup handicap, one mile five and a half furlongs. They're running over. Really like this race again. Sees the return of not so sleepy. Um, I haven't seen him for a while, and uh, last seen coming behind Nelson and Constitution Hill. So it all comes full circle back to our earlier conversation about champion hurdlers. Anyway, we've got a uh, we've got seven runners here and one for the gutter. Now he ran a. A brilliant race um, at 33 to 1 in the Mallard handicap just last weekend. That was his first go stepping up and trip. And he's uh, come off the back of this, only eight days turnaround. And they're throwing him in here in, in this race. He's clearly got plenty of stamina. But best of all, I think he will really like this testing ground. Being by Mahara out of the Selkirk Mare, I think he's born for a bit of a, a bit of a trip. He's sort of surprised um, punters, really, when he won at Ascot in the midway point of the season he um he he won at 16 to 1 and he and he beat no less than Lat Yakil, who went and won um, a good handicap in himself last week at Doncaster. So I think his form is pretty good. Obviously, he's got some patchy bits between them, but I do think it's the, the stamina test that he really wants. So I'm looking forward to seeing one for the gutter. 
in the 205 at Newbury. And then moving on in the 240, I'm just going to be taking Tom on um, in that uh, 10 furlong handicap. Began a very nice looking race. Uh, Mr. Zed, um, representing the Harry Eustace uh, yard, he's got a good record when he sends his horses to Newbury. Horses have been in and out of form a little bit recently. Um, I think you can forgive him for his last run. They went no pace at all at uh, Sandown that day. But this is a horse that has got very good form at Newbury's, won here twice, twice won over course and distance. He'll really appreciate this good, um, this this testing conditions. Kai Fraser takes off a, a very helpful five pounds, and I think he's a um a pretty solid next best. Also by that that side territories, who we've already talked about as a horse as a side that will appreciate the mud um with Mr. Sketch. So um, those are our uh, naps, our next bests. Um, bit of a mammoth one this weekend because that um, sort of reflects how much racing we've got. So hopefully you found a few winners. Um, don't forget all new SBK users get £30 in free bets when they sign up and bet £10 for the first time. So uh, make sure if you are listening for the first time, um, subscribe, like, and uh, we're on YouTube, but we're also on all your favourite podcast channels. And we will see you next